0: Hello everyone, welcome. I'm so happy you're joining us this week. Welcome to A Turn of Events, where we help put a a positive spin on the future of your business. I'm Annette Naif, the Creative Director and CEO of Naif Productions. We are a strategic event production company based in New York City. We specialize in corporate, social, nonprofit, and weddings. I also have a Facebook group for event and wedding planners. If you are interested in starting your own business, I highly recommend that you join us over at the Event Planner Society. It's a Facebook group only for event and wedding planners. Love my vendors, but I'm there to support the event and wedding industry and anyone that's looking to, to start their own business. Lots of great things. I have an amazing free five-day workshop starting on Monday. So if you have not signed up for this workshop, it's free. I've been in this business for 30 years. I'm gonna share tons of amazing stuff in this workshop. First day, we're gonna talk about marketing to and finding your ideal client. We're gonna talk about leveraging your network and expand your reach. How do you get your clients? Once you get the clients, I'm going to talk about the system and and tools to bring that potential client to a close. So I'm going to talk about all the systems to do that, how to approach events planning in 2021 and into 2022. We're going to talk about live, hybrid, virtual, totally different. It's a different animal. Last year, obviously we had this crazy COVID thing and we had to take all of our clients to a virtual platform. So we did some hybrid, but I'm going to talk about what that looks like and help you with that. talk about pricing how to price your services everyone's asks about that in our in my Facebook group so I want to help you with that we're gonna have lots of great bonuses and during that week I'm gonna have some special guests come on I want to talk about mindset mindset is everything if you are starting a business and you have absolutely no idea where to start and even if you've been in your business for a really long time I've been in a long time I still have to keep the mindset going it's whether you're first day or 30 years in, it's a lot. So join us over at the Event Planners Society. I have a really special guest, and she's also one of our clients. Love her to death. We're doing a lot of events together, so I'm really excited. And I'm going to talk about how she became a client. This is really amazing and It's gonna inspire you to follow up is everything. I wanna introduce my special guest, Jemay Crowder. She is the director in fund development, director of fund development, for Tigerman, a nonprofit org organization with a mission to transform the lives of individuals with developmental disabilities and autism spectrum disorders for preschool throughout adulthood to help them achieve a more independent and successful future. Her daily role is to raise funds through major donor contributions, relationships management, and event development to support the growth of Tigerman So I want to welcome Jim May. How are you, my dear? hello how are you doing hello facebook world (laughs) (laughs) so we are live on face my facebook page my facebook profile and my facebook group so it's exciting we're still waiting to get approved for linkedin so come on linkedin let us in there all right so first i want you to i just gave you a little bit of intro here and i love tigerman so much it's such a I have such I had a really close friend growing up who um, didn't have a baby till she was 40 and he had really bad autism like it was really bad. And so I I got involved a lot with that, which I don't even know if I ever told you that. But um, and I just he was such a sweet, adorable child. But he had a lot of issues and it was really sad. But she had him in schools and doing she had a lot. She, could, she made sure that she got him in early and, and got the support. And so Tegerman does amazing work. I was able to go to the school and help with we did a virtual event together and I was able to go and see the kids. And they're just so cute. And I just love being around the kids. So why don't you tell everyone first what you did prior to that? Because I know you have a profile here. Thank you. Yes. I started my nonprofit
1: career in the YMCA, the YMCA of Greater New York, and was everything of a crew of one. I was able to run events. I did all of my fundraising, annual campaign fundraising, uh, social media campaigns. So I really the go-to person for anything and everything to do with marketing and reaching out to our donor base and creating new exciting events. And I had a lot of fun. It was a wonderful. The YMCA is near and dear to my heart, and I know that it's, a, it's a, one of those organizations that you say the Y, and everybody's like, oh yes, I knew learned how to swim
0: there. Yeah, yeah. I've done many events at the Y. We have great space in New York City. They have some great space that so we've done. You know, it's always nice to do an event. And then it goes, you, the money goes towards the Y. So it's good. So
1: I did a lot of work with children with disabilities at the Y too, because that was a big portion of what we did. We, we took care of every child, no matter who they were. And so a big area was the funding for uh, children with de- developmental disabilities and autism. So when I made the switch over to Teagerman, it was very natural for me because that community is Near and dear to my heart, their risk and need, and they, it's one of those things. Again, the why has the name, and everybody knows the why. But with children with disabilities and autism, it's one of those heart things, and everybody has somebody that they know that might have some sort of a disability, and it's it's an unfortunate thing in this world right now. But we all know somebody, and we want to support the community. And yeah. I think that's when I switched over to Tegerman. I was really excited to continue my work. And again, like you said, I work in the school. So it's one of those things, again, it's so wonderful to walk through the hallways. I know. The teachers working with the kids and hearing the kids talk. Because that's the one cool thing about Tigerman is that when they first come in the rooms into our schools, some of them don't even speak. Wow. Language is one of the key things with Tigerman is transitioning the understanding of language to be able to speak. And that's the biggest thing. Yeah. So fundraising for Tegerman has become this wonderful passion of mine. And we had, unfortunately through COVID, we had some cutbacks and changes and all the departments changed up. So, you know... Again, then I became a department of one. So <laughs> I, I love it and I, I enjoy my, my job. And I, I know that all the, the fundraising, is it's a lot. We're a huge uh, organization and I'm very proud of that. We have four schools. We have everything from preschool or, or even daycare all the way up to um, 12th grade. And 12th grade goes all the way up to 21. And it's a year round school. Wow! Uh, and then we also have adult services which provides individuals with developmental disabilities, either homes. We have uh, housing, we have opportunities for them to do community outreach or in-person connection with groups, job training. So we do it all so right. organization. So at the end of the day, when, when Annette and I got to, I found an email, I think. It was, through, again, it was through connections, right? It
0: was, right. So what happened was the someone I work network with, she sent a little ad. She said, I'm going to, I'll put you in our newsletter. And so I said, okay. So I did a little ad in a newsletter. And sure enough, you saw that newsletter and you reached out. And this is when things were just happened with COVID and we didn't, nobody knew what to do with their events. And, and we had said in the ad that we're helping with virtual events and if you need any help. And I never thought, because sometimes those things get lost completely. So you reached out and sent an email. I responded back, didn't hear back. I responded back, didn't hear back. Then I thought, okay, let me go find. And I took, I a waited. A lot was going on during that time. Was a lot going on, yeah. And everybody was like <laughs> in shock and we we're all in a quarantine. So it was a lot going on. And so I thought, well, you know, let me just, and usually I give a little bit of time. So there was several weeks before we ever connected, but what I did was I, and this is for all of you listening in my Facebook group that the key is don't give up. You just keep following up. You don't want to bug them, but you want to make sure that they at least respond back with a no. I'm not interested, but thank you. And until you get that, keep going. So I went over to LinkedIn and I looked for you. And a lot of people don't go to their LinkedIn. So I knew that. So I thought I'm going to call her. So I picked up the phone. We chatted. And sure enough, you were so excited about what what I what, how we could help you. And that's how it happened. And then since then, we've done the virtual And since then, because you are a team of one, we do have a committee, but really a team of one. You needed the help. And so you've now hired us for two more events. And we're, we'll talk about those events, which are really going to be fun. And we're excited. So this is what I'm saying, people, you got to follow up because you never know what it's going to lead to. And now Jemay and I speak daily. So we're like, yes. you know, it's like now, now it's, because we have so many events and the virtual event was super successful. And we're going to talk a lot about that. And we're, it was really fun. And it was, it's a, it was challenging because it's new for everybody. And um, You know, there was a lot of consulting that we had to do, which we helped out with between my team and the my AV team and us, and getting that pulling that all together. But yeah, so I just want to say too, if you guys are, if there's anybody or and you're located in Glen Cove, correct? Your schools are located in different locations, right? Talk about that. Okay, yes, we have, like I said, four
1: schools. So two of the schools are located in Glen Cove, and two of the schools are located in Queens. But that doesn't mean really anything because all of our students come from all five boroughs mm-hmm. they come as far as Staten Island and Long Island. So the children are, are able to come from any district the parents really fight for their children to come into our school because the funding gets redirected from their schools to our organization. Um, unfortunately, it doesn't cover fully what we try to do and provide here at Seagerman. Yeah why we it, fundraising is so important, but it's, you know, it's a really wonderful organization that reaches out to everyone and anyone that wants to be able to, 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 join us within the five boroughs
0: yeah so if you are know someone that could yeah. use the school or reach out to myself or Jama and we'll get that information at the end but it's an amazing organization and the people are really awesome and we, we I just love working with everybody okay so we're going to talk about fundraising for nonprofits during the pandemic and beyond and so let's just get started so what did the what was did your process look like when it was obvious that in-person events were not going to be possible and that was really stressful I think at that
1: point in time, because right at that point, we were just planning our food and wine events. So we basically had just started making phone calls to put together our events. And at that point, really didn't know where we were going to go with that because, of course, nobody wanted to leave their homes at that point. Right. That was when everybody was like, okay, that's it. We're all in for that.
0: We're, we so, thought we are only
1: in for a couple of weeks. Little right. did we know. Yeah. Right. So what we did was we took it to our social media channels and our, our YouTube. Like we really built up our YouTube and our social media channels during that time. Our YouTube channel really was a resource for us because we created different events where we were to try to engage our community one of the things that we did of course communication is key right we kept it open communication through our state of the unions which was basically our program director dr jeremy he was able to do these 15 minutes to sometimes 45 minute events where spoke about what's going on with the and kept everybody up to date. And it was very important, I think, during that particular time, because that's when the students were most nervous and they were out of the schools and donors didn't know what was going on. Nobody knew what was going on. So communication was the key. Language, communication, that's again, that's key. So that was one of the biggest things we did. And then we thought outside the box, how do we engage people? So we created like Zoom events where we invited them to come in and we had guest speakers. So we had a couple of, t- a lot of times we had people that were talking about emotional health, because mm-hmm. I think during that time, again, we were all like uncertain and under, and again, with our population, we wanna make sure that everybody was healthy and mindset was right. So we ta- had a, a segment called Toya Talks, which one of our volunteers and our board members and our apparently is on here, Toya Davis, is an amazing individual. Yeah, and he's, he's awesome. He's amazing. Um, conversations with her parents. We opened it up to everyone and we had weekly, we did different calls and and different events like that. And we did a big, you know, push on our, our website where we opened up resources. So if parents were looking for things to do with their kids, there was a huge resource page of different places to go online. So we did a lot of little things where it was more
0: engagement. It wasn't events. But it was more engagement. And the kids weren't in school. So did the school ever shut down? Whatever happened with the school? So right
1: away, I believe the school shut down for like maybe a couple of days. Everything went virtual very quickly. So because our 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 children and our individuals here really need. To be on a schedule, they need to have consistency. Any child really needs that. Um, I have three little ones. I know that. Yes, you do. (laughs) So it's one of those things where, you know, our families here were depending on our consistency and keeping our, our kids engaged. So a lot of them, again, we went virtual, but we also stayed in person through a time when a lot of schools didn't know how to go back. To yeah. in person.
0: Right. He,
1: I must commend Dr. Tigerman, our CEO, did an amazing job with her staff and Dr. Radowitz, Dr. Jeremy, they all worked really hard in making sure we're safe and consistently monitored situations and made sure that no matter what, our, our families were aware of what was going on. So yeah. we went virtual for some, and then for some, we were in person. And that's basically the model we've stayed at. I think it's just awesome.
0: Okay, it's org, right? Yeah. Is that, the, okay, I, I want to post that up here yeah. so it's everyone can, can take a look at that. Okay, here, it should be going here in a second. Okay, great. All right, so looking back on 2020, can you speak about what worked well and what you will avoid moving forward? And hopefully it's not us. <laughs> Why would you say that? Okay, so, you and I do this all the time. That's why
1: I did that. Looking <laughs> uh, back on 2020, we had some events that worked well and some that didn't work so well, but we had fun doing it. Yeah. Like, so, besides keeping our community engaged and having those conversations, we started up this online bingo thing, which was really a lot of fun. Oh, yeah very small fundraiser. Like it was nominal amounts of money, but again, it was just engaging our our, our community-based individuals and we had a lot of fun doing it. So we did a weekly bingo. Sometimes we did it like more than one week and they won small prizes. We had a lot of fun doing it. And we were thinking actually of probably doing something like that again and coming up. And it's all online. We even tried like an escape room online, game night online. Those are things that again, you have to know your audience. If yeah. you do these things, those you did do. not go so well. Yeah, They're a little bit more higher price point and they're online. And I don't think that our families really were excited about them. We had some families that attended, but again, that was not nearly as exciting as Bingo. Bingo, I think really hit it off fast and people enjoyed that. Then we did this other event where it was Dr. Jeremy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he had his kids shaped his head. Oh my gosh! We did this all on on a platform, a donation platform. Wow! And it was fun. It was different, and we raised, you know, like a thousand, a little bit more than that, maybe dollars on that. But it was just something again, fun and engaging, simple. Didn't cost us really anything cost him his hair, it grows back.
0: <laughs> it
1: grew back by the virtual event. Yes, it definitely did. And then we also, of course, changed up our campaign. So we did a face mask campaign where we just ordered face masks and we said, we still need your support. We're not doing our events right now. If you guys can donate, we'll send you a face mask with, with the Tigerman logo on it. So that was another way that we kind of changed it up. We also did an in-person event. We did a couple of in-person events, even in 2020, believe it or not. We kept it very safe and organized, and we did a trunk or treat. And that was a event where we had a big screen out of our property in Glen Cove, And it was a movie. What is it called? Drive in movie.
0: Drive in movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was a
1: lot of fun. And we did a trunk retreat as well because it was right around the time of of
0: Halloween.
1: So our kids dressed up and they went around to the trunks and we safe and everything like that. And knock on wood, everything worked out well. And that Mm -hmm. was a fun event. I think that went really well. It's hosting those kind of events if you don't have a sponsor is not as easy because they do cost a lot of money. Printing all the equipment, setting all that up. And we, I, de- I depended a lot on volunteers for that event. And I did have a couple of people that helped me on that as well, but it was a, it was fun. It was different, yeah. something we've never done. And then we did our golf. And yeah, you golf did are- do that live. Yeah, and golf were yeah. like, that's ah, all right, we're gonna be on the field. Like nobody's gonna, and we worked with our engineers, Golf, golf Country Club. They were amazing. They, everything was very streamlined when you walked in. Temperature kept it very COVID safe. And that went really well. I think people enjoyed that. And that was a lot. So that yeah. was good in 2020 and what went well and what didn't go well.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's the, the key to this is know your audience. Yes. So we did, a, we did one for like not every audience will do a dance party. So we did a lot. There were a lot of dance parties at the end of events. And I have to say... The people got into it. They really did, especially when we would Zoom in on people. So if it was a Zoom call and you could see everybody, we could Zoom in. And it was so much fun because their families were also involved. It's a lot different. The events were a lot different virtually because families were involved as opposed like the kids would be at the home and everybody was involved. It was really fun. And then we did a dress up thing like your funniest hat or boas or whatever it was. And so we did a lot of those and we didn't think that people would get get engaged, but with it, but they did. And it was really fun. And obviously engagement is everything when you're doing a virtual event, but yeah, so that's great. A lot of fun things. That's really wonderful. Okay. In your answers to this previous question, you touched on how the overall fundraising strategy changed last year. But now that virtual uh, will be with us for most of, if not all, of 21, will you be altering that strategy? So let's talk a little bit about the fundraising strategy, and then will that be changing? Okay
1: are wonderful, of course, and you talk who I'm talking to. They're very much about fundraising. You're obviously raising money and you're getting the sponsorships, you're getting the connections, but it's about building relationships during those times when you're doing all that. And that's how you really build your overall potential for additional funders throughout throughout the years um, and can keeping them connected. And and that's how you get introduced to new people. And so I think in-person gives you that opportunity a little bit more than a virtual event, unfortunately, because again, you're being introduced to new people that may come in with a sponsor. It's unfortunate when we had to go virtual because we really didn't have that, you know, opportunity necessarily to reach out to new people because the sponsors didn't bring in their guests yeah. <laughs> that we know yeah. so it's a, it's a different kind of strategy because then we're reaching out to the sponsors and saying again support us but it's reaching out to our local communities and saying everything is different this year and we really need your support for covid like we had all the face mask we had to get new air filtration systems We right. all new technology So grants became a big thing that I had to work on as well as trying to reach out to potential funders through that capacity. I really was trying to expand my outreach to how to get funding, but I think overall, everybody likes to have events because events really bring in something different, it creates fun for people to look forward to. And I think that of course, during COVID, everybody was.
0: Not having fun yeah, there was a lot of uh wine drink lots of drinking yeah. and uh, trying to have fun but yeah so I think obviously virtual was our only way of fun So we had to engagement obviously in different doing different things and keeping the the interest there but it is it was very challenging to get new blood into your fundraisers because I think everybody was still in shock and going through the the whole thing with covid but also too it's a different it's a different animal however, you can raise money and you did raise money. And uh, several of our other clients who are fundraisers that we did events for that virtual events, they also raise money because you have your donors that are supporting and they're always there, which is really fantastic. So it is a way to do it. And it doesn't necessarily mean that yes, you didn't. So why don't you talk about like the difference of how much you spent with a live event versus a virtual event?
1: That's a very good question. There was considerable expense still in a virtual event. <laughs> it was surprising how much still of an expense there was because there's a lot that goes into a virtual event that you don't think about. Right. You want it to look professional. You don't want to just have have it on Zoom or something, Like especially mm-hmm. for our gala, for instance. Right. You, know, you didn't want to just host a, a Zoom party where the quality of the video was not that great. And if Somebody was in a room that broke up, we wouldn't be able to see nor hear them anymore. So we we reached out again. We started working with you and be able to connect the dots of how this really works. How does a, gala, a virtual gala really work and, and make it look professional and organized? And I think at the end of the day, it cost us less. It definitely did cost us less. We were very budget-minded to make sure that it would be more efficient going forward again also because it's a new event even though we've had galas in the past it was a new event so i wanted to put money in certain places that i wouldn't normally put it i think visual visually it was an important to to have great vo- uh, video mm-hmm. of the whole event is video
0: pretty much okay. right we had you know. some, we did have the, the our, our host uh, of yeah. the event dr jeremy was live and so was our auctioneer. Yeah. So we had some aspects that were live, which is nice to have that. So you're not like everything is recorded, right. but it is safer to do recordings of the speakers because if they don't have the right lighting, they right. don't have the right sound, they don't have the right Wi-Fi. We have time to fix that in a recording. It is uh, much safer and you can run it a lot more. Um, it just feels better. <laughs> you're going to get a, a better quality that way. So yeah, more efficient. I guess you could say we did have a hybrid event, but we were, all of us were still virtual. You yeah. were in one spot, I was in another spot. My AV guys were in their tech, their tech studios. And it's a big setup. Like I'll post the picture when we're done here. Okay. I will post the picture of all of the AV equipment that took just to do our, what was it an hour and a half event that took months and months to put together. And so yeah, whole production, just like you would do
1: for any kind of
0: television show. Yeah, uh, set up.
1: So it was really neat, and I know that we all were excited from Tigerman's point of view. Of the results, I think, everybody gave us really great responses, and we did raise a lot of money. We we yeah. did. We we actually did in terms of how our ratio was to income to um, expenses. We we were in the high. We were basically in the 80s, I think at 80%. That's wonderful. 80%. So I think that's excellent. I think that's that is. for any event. So for a virtual event, I was really excited to be able to have that as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, and that's what we t- we tried to A lot of it was, and for all of you event planners out there, education is what the what is key here, is educating the client on what it takes to do this. And we did, a lot of people were like, well, it's virtual. We don't have to pay for the food and beverage. We don't have to pay for the venue. The technology is expensive and you have to pay for that. You should have a team, an experienced team that knows how to do it and can do it and make it look nice because it is the brand and you don't want it your brand is important and you want it to, and you don't want to lose people along the way because you're trying to raise money. So if, if you drop the feed halfway through the event, that's horrible. And we did, a, we did an auction. We had a silent auction and we also had a live auction, which was really fun. The auctioneer was a lot of fun. And so It's challenging. And so let's talk about the platforms that you used. So that was another piece that we went back and forth with what type of platforms to use for the virtual piece of it. I know and I know you and I had many discussions on the platform piece of it that it was challenging to find. I don't think that the platforms of the software platforms that we use for the fundraising piece of it. I don't think they were ready. They weren't ready for this virtual aspect of it. And so they didn't have the systems. And there were many of my clients had the same problem, didn't have that right system. So if there's anybody out there, you probably want to create a great system that has it all. And you can talk to some of my clients about it because, but why don't you talk about the issues that we had with that and what platforms you used for the auction piece of it?
1: Yeah, it took me almost, I think, into a month of research to find a platform All the while we we were getting closer to the event and I'm getting stressed out because I wanted to be able to have it all in one where it was something that when you come on, you're in the event and you don't have to um, go to another site. Right. When you're in the event, I want you to be able to watch the event. That was the whole purpose of us spending all this money is to enjoy the event while you're there. Right. Um, So that was the biggest thing for me. I really was looking for something that had that option. Yeah. So there are definitely, uh, I think a whole bunch of companies out there that had platforms. And then they said, okay, we can throw video on there. <laughs> and yeah. then there was a lot of different companies that I started researching. One of the ones I landed on was Qtago, uh, which I think overall met the needs that I was looking for where they you know, were able to showcase the video at the same time when, we wanted people to bid, they all they had to do is press a button or they could text in, they were already in and they were registered. And so once they won the item, the credit card was already there, it just got processed and we didn't have to bother at the end of that. And then the live portion of it, when we had the auctioneer, she was calling for donations at a point, people could just hit a button while she was there and it automatically, the page went to, creating a link where you can hit a button to donate during that particular time. And I think yes. that did lead to people donating. I feel like it yeah. did. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it was a cool aspect and technology is scary because some of our community don't like technology at all. So right. walking through the process of how to log on and making sure that their credit cards were in and making sure they had the links and making sure that they were able to get on the day of the event, those are all very key information. Yeah, know, that, but I availed myself to that basically the whole the whole week leading up to it, where I made sure that people understood how to get onto the event.
0: Yeah, it was a lot of explanation going on. Yeah, and it was
1: a big learning curve. I it think was. that's probably the biggest thing with online events. And this particular site, unfortunately, we had to have them, you know, purchase a ticket and then register again to be able to access the event. And that's the one thing I did not like about this. Um, unfortunately, that whole uh, second registration to be able to access the event. And then it also cut off people that maybe would want to have seen the event but didn't want to pay and that's all of this other stuff. Or see the auction but didn't want to pay for a ticket to come to the event.
0: Right. You know,
1: so right. It's one of those things that I think at the end of the day, like you said, if there's somebody out there that <laughs> wants to continue to dabble in this, uh, let us know if you know of any other platforms out there. Yeah. Um, but it's only, I think, for the turnaround time and, and for what's out there, you know, they had to make do. They had to make it do quick.
0: You know, yeah, it was, there were so many people going virtual and there were a lot of platforms that came up all of a sudden. And so we had to, my AV team was very good about researching tons of things and they actually created their own platform, right. which was great. And we were almost going to use their platform, but we decided on, there was more, more pieces to the Qtagle well, that we needed. Because yeah, the fundraising side. The fundraising side. <laughs> Events. Yeah the,
1: your, the production company, I think is great. I think their site was easy and fast, but for the, uh, fundraising side of this whole thing, which obviously is the most important thing for me is to be able to get downloaded reports of how much funding is coming in and making sure credit cards are processed and those all behind the scenes, it's legal. Those are important things. Yeah. Um, And then we also utilize a company called give butter, which I think is another nice platform is different access points. So they have a free one. They have, you could pay for service. We wound up using their, their free area of that service, which then asks for a tip is the only thing that's not fun about it. Um, but we could have tried to see, I was trying to see the whole time is if we could get into a, a different level with them. But, at, at one point, we, we did wind up using them and they're very user-friendly. We use them for most of my events during the summertime too.
0: And why did you need them? What didn't Qtago have that they have? I think mostly because
1: when we wanted to start putting it out, I needed to jump in and make sure that the tickets were available to sell. Yeah. Um, that was one of the reasons I went with Give Butter Right Away. But the other reason was because we have uh, a diverse population of families here that usually like to support their staff. They, we did like a crowdfunding kind of way of encouraging parents to support our, our families, or staff here through GiveButter. So they allowed us to be able to do that, like a crowdfunding um, right. source, which was fun. And I think some people enjoyed that part.
0: And, and it worked. Yeah. It worked. Yeah. No, it's see, look, it's it worked, and we raised a lot of money, and that was really what's really important. And the thing that I the, did, you want to say something? Yeah. Okay. The thing that I liked about Cutego was. You could see the event and plus you could see the auction items and all of that on the same platform, which without we didn't want people to go out of the event. That's important. You don't want to have it set up so they have to go out and log out and go into something else. Now, they might be on their phones doing the text to pledge thing, but they could still have the, the event up on their screen. Places. They could have had it on their phone. They could have had yeah. the computer
1: on the TV if they set it up that way. Right. It was a a neat feature.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It really was. Okay. Good. And how did you? So, the biggest thing that I found, and I didn't get several events because some of my clients, the board was not on board to do a virtual event, and was really sad because. A lot of the committees and the the directors of the, of the foundations that are helped, like yourself, and all of that, they were thought it was a great idea. Needed to that was a great way to to raise some funds in the situation that we were in, but they couldn't get their board on board to do the virtual, and so we didn't do several events and they just figured they'd wait. And as we know, most people know, if you are in a fundraiser of any kind, the boards are usually a little older and they're not used to this technology thing and all of that. So how did that work internally for you guys? I think the biggest thing, like you said, is
1: people were nervous about what was going on and I think nonprofits in general. So i obviously you're in the event world. I'm in the nonprofit world, watching what they say in in their feeds, their Facebook and other groups, and a lot of people like, do we ask for money during this time that always comes up Right. COVID and board members are always like that too. Do we ask for money during this time? And yes, you do. At the end of the day, you do because your population still needs to be supported no matter what kind of day it is out there. Exactly. So I think that put a big halt on a lot of boards because they didn't get it. They yeah. didn't get the fact and that they needed to still continue to ask money. I think that halted a lot of people. Also the fact that we didn't know how long this was gonna last. Maybe mm-hmm. a week, maybe two weeks, maybe a month, who, who knew? So people were like, "Well, wait until we can be able to do us, meet us in person again. The technology hurdle is a big thing. But again, people don't understand that how technology can be useful. But those that did, I think benefited. We didn't, we, we waited a little bit too, because we wanted to make sure that we got everything correct and together and made it look, but we did it. You know, and at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm proud because
0: we did it. You yeah, know? yeah, I'm proud of you. Too. I'm proud of you because I had to get on the phone with you and educate you about what it looked like. And then you were excited. I remember how excited you were because I remember you feeling so defeated. I can only imagine here you are trying to make sure that you keep the schools going and you get what needs to happen. All of a sudden, everything stopped. And I know my business was shut down. So I had to myself figure out, OK, Yeah. So what's the next step? And it just virtual obviously was the way. And so I got on the phone with my AV team and we had a meeting. I said, what does it look like? What are we doing? What pieces do I take in and come in and do for you guys? And I watched a lot of the virtual events and I'm speaking to all of my event planners out there who are just not sure what to do if if your business is struggling. And still, I think people are still doing some of it. I know a lot of my clients that did virtual are like, oh, I like this. We're going to keep doing this. So we're going to do still do live, but we're going to throw some virtual in because they liked it and um, you're able to reach more people. An event for 200, you can get four or 500 people on from all over the world to come on your event and get to know who you are. So it definitely opened the eyes to a lot of people, but education is a big thing and I just started getting on a bunch of, engagement is what I needed to know. It's like I knew, because we've done a lot of virtual events through, um, Over the years, my AV team had been doing them for 40 years. And of course, I've been doing this for 30. But we had done virtual aspects to events, live streaming. So I I knew all about that. But it was the engagement pieces and what companies are out there that I could bring in. Because it was basically a free-for-all and figuring out like what we have to keep the engagement going and have it fun. So I did a lot of that during that time just to learn what would work and pricing. And everybody, nonprofits don't have a lot of money to spend. So you have to be very resourceful and find things that um, we can bring in and have still have it fun with nonprofits. But so I think it's but I feel bad for the organizations that didn't jump on board. And I'm super proud of you for getting it and going back to your to your team and talking about it. And and they're all fantastic. We really had to refocus on how we were going to make this happen. And generally,
1: our galas are held in like the fall. And our other event, which is called the Food and Wine event, which we'll talk about in a second, I'm sure, yes. um, that usually held in the spring. So we really switched it up this yep. year. So we did our gala in the spring and we're going to do our Food and Wine in the fall, hopefully, maybe possibly in person. That also was one of those things that because of the timeline of everything, we wanted to, again, make sure it was successful and Reach out to all of our donors and sponsors and say, the COVID obviously changed a lot of things, but mm-hmm. where we are at, we still need your support no matter what. And I think when you package it that way, people are going to give regardless if it's mm-hmm. in person or virtual. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of nonprofits found. If yeah. That did. You're going to get the donate. Do yeah. we need to have the full beautiful gala on virtually? I think it helps, I definitely do. I feel like people wanted to attend something even though they're sitting in their homes. Full out straight ask work, it does help as well. Cause I did full out asks as well, where it just said we need support for COVID and we got those as well, but I think you know, people are
0: used to these kind of events and they're excited about these kind of events. And yeah. So- well, it also helped that we couldn't do anything. Right? Yeah. So we were all in quarantine and couldn't go anywhere. So all we could do was get engaged on our computers and, and see people that way. I don't know how it's going to be interesting to see how engaging people will be after we're all open and like in a year from now, how that's going to look. Because I do know that a lot of people are going to, you know, still want to do the virtual aspect of it, but we'll have to see how that looks. And if people are still engaged enough, and if they're not just out and about now going crazy so <laughs> in the world. So let's talk about the sponsorships. We only have a few more, mi- 10 more minutes, but we, I could talk about this forever. And this is so awesome. Thank you so much. But let's talk about the sponsorships and create an opportunity for more support. Like, the getting crafty about your sponsorships
1: so that's a really great question we are setting up for our golf outing again for this year and you know thanks to you and your support we played around with the ideas of how to change up our sponsorships and sometimes less is more when you do a request for support so we're playing around setting a goal for at least every hole to have a t sign and keeping it at a lower cost so We can involve more nonprofits or companies or businesses in the community to support Siegerman and and put their name out there to all of um, our golfers. So it's a great way to change things up sponsors wise. Cold calls, unfortunately, but as Annette knows, you just got to keep it going. It's the same thing in fundraising. As a event person, when you want to book a new client, you have to follow up. And fundraising, if you want to get more funding and new donors, you have to follow up utilize your volunteers and utilize your community to really start the conversation with them and then do the follow-up. I know volunteers are, are really great in that capacity too, because maybe they know people and are able to have a connection with individuals that might be able to connect you to other people to connect you to other people. Maybe they can't give, but they connect you to other people. So it's the same thing. It's the same yeah. time. events and, and fundraising that's all about reaching outside and not staying within your four walls. Right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we're doing a big because we want to grow the we don't listen, you're you have a board, they've been around for a while, and then we need to grow. The any every fundraiser, every nonprofit needs to grow. And so we are putting a strategy together to reach out to all the companies, all the organizations in Long Island, New York, the new because um, we're all the five boroughs really for Tigerman But and so we're putting we're I'm cracking the whip with the committee. That's, we're just gonna give them the information and have them get on the phones and start calling people and reaching out and supporting. So that's really what you have to do. But anytime you have children involved, Or dogs, like animals, it's an easy, it's an easy ask and people, and then they might know someone, like you said, we might call the CEO of AARP or something and his niece or her niece is, uh, is, has autism. So you just never know and just getting awareness out there. It's a lot of work, but that's why you have a committee and you should have quite a bit of few people on that committee. I actually have brought my boyfriend into this committee now because he ran and he loves everything to do with golf. And he is—he just from me talking about it. So he's now involved, and he ran a golf uh, outing for 23 years or whatever it was. It's from Seat for Seton Hall, uh, a baseball because he was big in baseball. I'm happy that he's on, and it's fun. We're working together. He's got some great ideas, which I've learned some things from him myself. And that's the thing I've been doing this forever. You're always open to learning and I'm not an expert in like, I do a lot of sponsor decks and things like that, but there are times when you can come up with great ideas for other people and I grabbed from that. So it's exciting that he's on now too. So,
1: yeah. He said something really cool. I think it was last night regarding there's no stealing, it's just borrowing and that's flattery. What
0: does he say? Something like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's a sign of flattery. yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, it's true. If you find something from another organization, we do that. Every, every planner does it. Where? What did you do for this? And we find it. It's, you listen, it is what it is. Why you reinvent the wheel? And if it works and it's, it's fun and you want to do, you've got some really fun new ideas now, which is great. Yes, yeah, so I'm excited about uh, the Outing is August 5th. Yes.
1: We are looking forward to doing that. It's going to be at Engineers.
0: That's in Glen Cove. Is that in Glen Cove? It's not far from Glen Cove. It's in Roslyn. Okay, Roslyn, yeah, Long Island. If anyone's looking to want to come and and play, and you can definitely come and play, or just come and support and have fun and hang out with us. And it's going to be a really good time. So you can always. I'll be marketing a lot of this so you guys can can see it. But we're excited about that. And then the food and wine um, event is going to be. Did we we picked a date right? What was the date? October, 28th. October eighteenth, twenty Twenty eighth. Okay.
1: October 28th that's a really fun event again we're just in the midst of planning it but now we're just starting encourages like a growth of our restaurants which obviously have been hit really hard uh,
0: it's a great time
1: to be able to support them and really get them out there and so people want to go and eat at their beautiful places
0: so yeah yeah, yeah.
1: Event as well it usually goes off really well so hopefully this year and if
0: any of you out there are wanting to volunteer we, we could we'd love to have you we can yeah. always use the help because we have lots of stuff that we have to do we're planning two events here for the organization now and always need volunteers you don't necessarily need to be have a child at the school but we would love to get your help so if you're looking to volunteer and do something reach out to me and i um, happy yeah. to have you yeah. so i'm or, uh, oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, go uh, ahead. These are um,
1: community members, board members, parents, families. So we we are open to a lot of different kinds of people to join. Yeah, and I'm yeah. also involved with uh, the chamber and our ISC groups here in Glen Cove and in Queens. So I try to keep my our, our span for everyone to to be a part of.
0: What yeah, and
1: and get the information out that way. That's Thanks great. Great everything.
0: Yeah, that's really awesome. So we're super excited. Thank you so much for doing this. Such great information. We hope you help some of you guys out there. If you're thinking about doing it virtual, you can still, we're still in sort of a, we're not open a hundred percent. We are still doing some virtual, but we are going to be going, doing some live events. This, I have a couple weddings that we're going to be doing live. So we're just going to have to see what the guidelines look like still and follow those. But we're super excited. Thank you, Jume, so much for doing this. It was really fun spending time with you. And thank you guys for joining. And we'll be here. we'll be back next week. So have a great day, you guys. See you later. Bye-bye.